Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. All right, well, wild number five is today. Before we jump into that, though, I'm going to invite Chris Whitney up on the, the stage with me this morning. Um, youth camp happened this week. Yeah, give him a round of applause. He's wearing all the hats today. Check, check. Hey, hi, there we go. <laughs> so youth camp happened this week, and uh, it was just such an amazing experience. So many of you gave into youth camp. We raised, I think it was a little over $3,000 yep. to send kids to youth camp, and so many of you gave into that. I really wanted to make sure that you also get to hear some of the fruit of that. It was an amazing camp. Chris is going to tell us about it. I want to preface this, though. For anyone new to this sort of thing, right? we are a Pentecostal church who believes in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are functioning today just as they were in the early church, that, that Jesus came to usher in an era where God was not only for us, he is not only for us, but he is also with us, flowing through us. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. It's not scary. You're going to hear about some stories that happened this week, powerful stories. It's not that the Holy Spirit comes in and overtakes us and controls us. He's just going to empower us to do what we have been called to do on planet Earth. He gives us the power to do that. And so we may talk about the gift of speaking in tongues. Um, you may have even heard some of that during worship today. Uh, we don't have time to go into all of that specifically, but Sorry. I want to make sure that if you have questions about it, we get those answered. At the end of service today, we're going to have some people up here to pray, to answer questions. If you want to know any of that or pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit yourself, that's what we are here for. We want to help with that. So, Chris... You were a chaperone I was, at yeah. camp this year. So many generous people have given into this experience. So tell us a little about, uh, there's there's lots of fun and craziness that yes. happens. You're seeing some lots, of the fun and craziness of, up on the screen as we're, fun and craziness. as we're talking. It but tell so us good. about some of the, the well, powerful. First off, I see a bunch of my, my campers in this room. Are they here? Can I hear some woo-woo? <laughs> yes, right. That's what I thought. Yeah. So... All right, so camp was absolutely unbelievable. Um, I, I will tell you that it was incredibly fun. In fact, we had uh, a ton of fun. We we I, we actually went. Uh, our church actually helps put on a lot of the games and stuff that actually happened there. So I got to go be a part of almost like quasi staff, which was really kind of cool. Um, but the the most amazing thing about camp, which I wasn't really expecting, was that uh, God showed up up in the most unbelievable way. So we had 26 campers um, that, that actually went this year, and uh, 17 of them were boys. Um, and I will tell you that uh, we had, uh, the, the cabin that they put us in uh, was like military style. So like all the bunks and everything are all in one room. Okay, so... 17 boys. 17 boys. Teenage from boys. 12 to 17. <laughs> 17 of them. Alright, and one of, the, one, of the, one of the fun aspects is that 
that camp is driven around points and you earn points for everything. And so one of those is keeping your cabin clean. And I mean, and they're pretty big sticklers on this, okay? So I, I don't know if any of y'all have teenagers, but keeping a room clean, period, is difficult. Um, try doing it times 17, okay? Um, yeah, so. And in this environment. And, and all of you fabulous parents are not there. It's just me and Matt. And Matt's quiet, and I'm, well, not. And uh, But I had to channel my inner Aaron. Where is Aaron at? There he is. Yeah, so I, Aaron taught me how to do this last year. And I, I'm happy to tell you that we got perfections every single day. All right, so there we go. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, but yeah, that's just, that's just one of uh, 150 super fun elements. But um, so, but let me tell you about um, what what actually happened uh, on some of the ones that are just the, the most powerful and the most impactful. So um, every day had a theme. Um, night one was all about confession and and confessing sins that we were harboring, those deep dark things. Night two was all about forgiveness. Night three was about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, night one was amazing. And I mean, we saw kids get free of things that they've been struggling with for years. I mean, it was unreal. And then, and then night two, God showed up even more powerfully and did it all over again, but even more so, and blew us all away once again. Wednesday. Wednesday blew our all, all of our minds. So let me let me set this up. Matt felt it in his spirit. The one one of the very few optional pieces of camp is there's a thing called pre-service prayer. Okay, so about 45 minutes before the actual evening service, the kids have the option to go to pre-service prayer with their leaders. And basically, I loved how the leader, uh, the camp director, put it last year. It's like it's called priming the pump. All right, if you want something amazing to happen, you got to go prime the pump. You can't just expect God to show up if you put in no work ahead of time. Right. Right. So. Matt said, you know what? We need to go. We need to go. We need to go. All right. Now, like I said, it was lots of game things and we were quasi staff. So the whole night before I had been working on our foam pit, which I'm sure some of you guys see these really cool pictures of later. And if you won't talk to me later, I'll show you because it's pretty darn epic. But <laughs> I was up until 4.30 in the morning working on it, Tuesday night, Tuesday into Wednesday. I went to bed. I got two hours of sleep. I got back up at 7 to get back there. And then I worked until the event of the actual, that part of the activity day was over until about 2 o'clock. I was shot, done, spent, over, finished. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Jay actually looked at me and goes, Chris, you probably want to go ahead and skip the rest of the evening. All right, like literally there's there's nothing else that you really can put into this. Go get a little bit of rest, you know, and tomorrow you can, can kick it back in high gear. Well, Matt went to free service prayer. I went back to the cabin to grab a shower. Well, Matt sends me a text and he goes, dude, you're not going to believe this, but I got, I got this word. And the word was something incredible. God has something awesome for each and every one of these boys tonight. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. He goes, you're probably not going to want to miss service. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do this. So you went to service. So I, well, I, I was. I, so I decided at that point. So anyway, I get out of the shower. I get dressed. I'm getting ready to head out. And I walk out. And there is Matt in the cabin with Caleb, who is running a fever. And we already went and saw the nurse and said, you need to go lay down. And you can't really be at 
service and a chaperone has to stay with you. And Matt is devastated, honestly. So it's the best way to put it. But okay, well, now not only am I excited about going, but now I'm like, are you kidding? I have to do this with 17 boys? Are you serious right now? All right, because obviously God doesn't throw things around and Matt picks up on things very, very accurately. So when he told me that, we knew what was going to happen. I was expecting amazing things. And so, of course, you know, I went to service, but now, now all the pressure's on me. All right, so God makes sure that I handle all of these boys. So we're at service. And of course, God showed up uh, in, in unreal ways. But um, like I said, we were this, this is the night of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we've already had these two amazing nights. And I'm like, how can it get any better than this? And so they start, uh, they start asking any of the students if they want to receive uh, the baptism. And oh my goodness. So as we are... <laughs> As we're, as we're as we're praying, I'm I'm praying that you know they're going to receive it, and uh, I actually received the baptism of the Holy Spirit along with fourteen of our boys. Fourteen. 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 <laughs> so that's amazing. Seven salvations. Fourteen rededications. Mm-hmm. Five healings, mm-hmm. fourteen baptisms of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and five received this, the gift of tongues. Just among the boys. This is just the boys. Oh yeah, they're not even talking about the girls. Girls are separate from us, so you know you'll have to get and their to testimony Rachel, later. Yeah, Ra- Rachel will tell you all the amazing things that happened there. Um, but I mean, they they've got just as many incredible things. All right, so, so but, we can't. We don't have time to go into uh, all the stories. All right, no Matt problem. Said earlier, you could literally talk about seventeen different. There were seventeen boys. Hundred percent. Talk about seventeen yes. different amazing stories. Yes, that absolutely. With the boys. This yes. Week. They each got a word from God. Yes. Called into some of them got called into ministry. Oh, yeah. See, I'm, I missed one of my statistics. I'm sorry. I had four that were directly called into ministry. Yeah. Four. Like just the, powerful experience. Unreal. And yes, I could literally stand up here and talk to you guys for an hour because there's just so many cool things that happened, and uh, and I, I just. I was blown away. So let me tell you something. If there's any parents out there that have questioned whether they should send their kids to camp or breakaway or convention or any of the other th- the events that Pendel puts on, you'd be foolish not to. Send them. Unbelievable. Send, send them. them. Send them. Send them. Yeah. Send them. Send them. Send them. If it's a financial problem, you know what? How many of those kids did we get sponsored? How many of them went because of the people in this room that would not have gone because of that? That's awesome. Thank you. Every single one of you, they put even a dollar. I mean, so you have no idea the lives you changed. And let me tell you something. Of the ones that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and especially the ones that received tongues, those kids were instantly empowered to go pray over all of the other kids and even kids that weren't in our group. It was unreal. Unreal. Church of today, not the church of tomorrow. Exactly. Right? Yes. 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 So can we just give a round of applause to Chris, to Matt, to Rachel, all of the people who went and empowered this experience. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys again. You guys Thank are really you for awesome. Sharing that with us. 
I want you all to hear the fruit. Like, I get to see so much of, thank you, Jay High, for staying with us. Bye, Jay High. <laughs> um, I want you all to hear the, the fruit. You know, I see so much spiritual growth happening in this body right now. And I just want you all to be able to feel that a little bit with me. Because this year, you know, we're going through this series wild. So many of us are struggling with some isolation stuff or the reverberations of the trauma and the craziness and the chaos that has happened this year. So many of us have struggled with anxiety and fear, depression this year like like never before. We all feel twisted up in our minds. The, the weeds have grown up in our minds, right? It's gotten wild in there. The, the creatures are lurking around. There's predators around every corner of our minds. It's wild in our minds right now. But if we've learned one thing, one thing through this series, it's that we have the power to tame it. Right? We have the power. We have been given the authority, as the song we sang earlier said, by Jesus himself to tame our minds and to transform our thought processes. We have that power. God has, has gifted us with some incredible tools in our hands to do the work of the ministry, to do the work that he has called us to do, and to not listen to the lies of the enemy. The Bible is one of those incredible tools. And if I have not hit that hard enough in this series, we're going to hit it today. As Dr. Darius Daniels, one of my favorite preachers, says, not everything in the Bible is intended to revolutionize. Some of it is intended to normalize. Not everything. I'm going to give you that again. Not everything in the Bible is intended to revolutionize. Some of it is intended to normalize, meaning it's still re it can still be revolutionary for us when we realize that some of the behavior that we see in the Bible, uh, we tend to think of as not godly, not okay, excludes us from ministry, excludes us from God being able to use us, is actually just normal human behavior, right? So a lot of what we see in the Old Testament is history. It's not prescriptive, meaning it's what we should do. It's just descriptive, meaning it's what happened. And God still used people anyway. The Bible is showing us, lots of, of pieces of it, is showing us the normal human experience, especially for those that we see as spiritual giants, right? We, we see uh, Elijah, for example, his prayers not working seven times. And finally, on the seventh time, it works. Or his emotional turmoil under the broom tree, right? Saying, God, just take me now. I want to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel, right? We get to see these normal human emotions and thought processes going on in spiritual giants, heroes. We see all that David went through and God used him anyway. The, the disciples were a mess throughout Jesus' ministry, right? And we see them being just normal. It's normal to be emotional. It's normal to bring our anger to God. It's normal to bring our fears and our doubts to Him. We don't have to hide that part of ourselves in His presence. In fact, He wants to have those conversations with us. And there is nowhere in the Bible that this is more apparent than the book of Psalms. We're going to read a chapter of the book of Psalms today. 
Now, I have a passion translation of the book of Psalms. Aaron, would you actually mind grabbing my book back there on the table? I meant to bring it up with me. It's a passion translation of the version of Psalms. This book given to, was given to me at a Hillsong Women's Conference a couple of years ago, and it is an absolute treasure to me. You can actually order it on Hillsong's website. Thank you very much. It's called Poetry on Fire, and I, let me just tell you, anytime I'm feeling low, I run to this thing. The book of Psalms, in, in any translation really, but this one happens to be in the Passion Translation. I, I have marked this thing all up. There's all kinds of colors and underlines and notes in here. It is an, it's an absolute treasure to me. I hide in it when I'm feeling low. I bury myself in it because the book of Psalms normalizes my emotions. I don't know if you've read through it lately. There are some doozies in here, right? If David, David wrote about half of the book of Psalms. There are lots of other writers of the rest of them. But if David and the other writers of the Psalms could feel that way and still be used by God and still worship him at the end of a rant, like the ones in this book, maybe I can too. Right, Psalm 89 is called, in the Passion Translation, literally called, Will You Reject Us Forever? Talking to God. Ezra, Ethan the Ezraite wrote that one. Psalm 83 is called, God, Don't Be Silent. Written by Asaph. Psalm 60 is called, Has God Forgotten Us? <laughs> right? That one was written by David for instruction. And then Psalm 55, my favorite, simply titled, Betrayed. <laughs> If this isn't normalizing my own emotions, the thoughts that are going through my brain, when I, I, I want to bring these things to God desperately, but I feel so ashamed that I would feel like God has forgotten me. I'm so ashamed that I feel like God is silent. Like, isn't that my fault somehow? And God, I can't come in your presence like this. I got to get it together before. I got to clean this house before I present it to you, right? The book of Psalms normalizes what I'm going through. The writers of these psalms express emotions that I beat myself up for. The writers of these psalms ask questions of God that I'm afraid to ask, begging him to respond to situations like I honestly don't even have the guts to do all the time. I don't feel worthy. I beat myself up for it. But at the end of almost every psalm that I have ever studied, these thoughts are still brought under obedience. Psalm 89, for example, I want to read this one to you, just the end of it, straight out of here. Listen to his language and then listen to how he ends it. How long will you hide your love from me? Have you left me for good? How long will your anger continue to burn against me? Remember, Lord, I am nothing but dust here today and so soon blown away. Is this all you've created us for? For nothing but this? Which one of us will live forever? We are mortal, terminal, for we will all one day die. Which one of us would ever escape our appointment with death and dodge our own funeral? So God, where is all this love and kindness you promised us? Uh, what happened to your covenant with David? Have you forgotten how your servants are being slandered? Lord God, it seems like I'm carrying in my heart all the pain and abuse of many people. Anybody, is this ringing true for anyone? Have we not all had these thoughts at one point or another? 
They have relentlessly insulted and persecuted us, your anointed ones. Nevertheless, verse 52, nevertheless, blessed be our God forever and ever. Amen. Faithful is our King. Anybody else get whiplash? Like, what What just happened, right? You went from, God, have you abandoned us? Where is all this love that you promised us to? Nevertheless, blessed be our God forever and ever. Amen. He expresses the emotions to God. It is a safe place to express all the emotions to God, and yet still bring those thoughts and emotions under the Lordship of Christ. To submit them. To God, and if Ethan the Ezraite could do it, <laughs> I can too. I feel so seen in the Psalms, so normal when I read the Psalms, and I also learn things. So that it's not just descriptive, but at some places it's also prescriptive, meaning I can learn things from it as well. How I should behave—it's normal to feel those things, but then also submitting them. To God, we can pick up little hints along the ways throughout these beautiful poems and songs about how life works and how God has ordered life to work. Today, we're going to read Psalm 91. It's really the very last verse of Psalm 91, but we're going to read the whole thing. It, it got me a couple of years ago. I, I actually have a note in here that I look back on often because I circled the last verse. Couldn't fully put it away, that thought that came to me in the last verse. And it's now with me every single time I read the word. It's just a concept that's always there now. When I read my Bible in the back of my head, trying to put the pieces together, I'll show you what I mean. Let's read this together. This Psalm 91 is titled Safe and Secure in the Passion Translation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy and he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day, sorry, by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I'll read that one again. Because you loved me, 
delighted in me and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. The fullness of my salvation. Just leave that verse up on the screen for a moment, if you would. I couldn't get it out of my head. As I read this psalm, and I think it was at a, a couple of years ago when I was just going through some heavy things that I was hiding in the psalms, as I so often do, and I just came across this. For you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. I couldn't get it out of my head. I still can't. It's there every time I read the word still a couple of years later. A salvation is a term that we usually think about as connected to Jesus, right? Salvation is when we give our lives to Jesus and we are saved. But this psalm was written hundreds of years before the Messiah came. The fullness of my salvation. God has always been in the business of saving people. Right? He's always been in the grace business. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. He just gives it. But the fullness of salvation inherently implies degrees of fullness, right? If you can have a full salvation, you can also have a less than full salvation. I couldn't get this thought out of my head. Now, as I'm reading the word, I just couldn't get it out of my head that it was a big revelation for me at the time that I can have salvation. I can be saved in part by Jesus, but not all of it. I can have a full, I can have a life, but not a full life. What does that mean? It kind of tortured me for a little while. What am I missing, right? Now I know that I can have salvation, but not all of it. Is there something I'm missing? Less than full salvation. It was a brand new thought for me. And so I started to collect definitions. Does that mean that we can be saved from hell, but not transformed here on earth? Does it mean God will save me from some things and, and not from others? And why, right? We can know who God is and be able to call on his name genuinely and not understand his full character and what he wants for us. Does it mean that we can call on his name when we need help but not enjoy his presence when we're good, his friendship when we're happy, the, the warmth and joy of who he is? I think a lot of this confusion comes from the fact that we have been taught things about God that just aren't true in our culture. And, and it's not necessarily that it comes from the pulpit all of the time. We just sometimes think God is someone that he's not. Some of this stuff comes from well-meaning people, you know, um, somebody comforting the grieving. It's a well-meaning thought, you know, God just wanted them more than we did. God took them, right? These, these things that we catch, they're not necessarily taught from a pulpit, but we say them, we throw, we throw around words that feel like they're comforting, but in actuality leads the grieving to believe that God is possessive, vindictive, that he took that person from me, right? Is that who God is? Does he take 
people like that because he wants them more than we need them. Or it, it comes from people in the pews, other people at church, and their judgmental looks toward what we're wearing or saying or doing? Or does it come from our, our parents when we were growing up looking at our behavior and saying, well, would God like that? As if he's judgmental, he's an angry one in the sky wagging his finger at us for something that we genuinely enjoy. Where do these thoughts come from? Where do we misunderstand God's character and who he is? Things that we've caught more than we've been taught. We develop opinions about God because of some of those misguided judgments, those well-meaning phrases about who God is. But the writer of Psalm 91 gives us a little insight into the nature of God and what he wants for us. I mean, he spent most of the chapter talking about God's unconditional love, the fact that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, the fact that he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer, that he is, he is for us, not against us. He loves us and his love is unconditional. But his blessings are conditional. His blessings are conditional, and they are not one and the same. God's love does not always equal blessing. His blessing does not always equal love. He loves each and every one of us regardless. Desperately, he loves you. The, the, Jesus said, though, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the nice and the nasty. We all get to live in this beautiful world and experience his goodness on some level, regardless of our behavior. We can spend time with him, receive some gifts from him, speak to him regardless. That is his grace. But none of us deserves it, but we get grace. Anyway, he sent his son for us, period. It wasn't conditional, or Jesus would never would have come. Like the Jews of... <clears throat> Jesus' time actually believed, the Pharisees in particular, that they would have to be 100% righteous, holy, as a people, before the Messiah would come. That's why they fought so hard for purity. That's why the religion and the legalism was all over what everything that they did. It's why they fought against any appearance of evil, because they wanted the Messiah to come. They just misunderstood why he would come and when. God sent his son even though we were still sinners. He gave us grace while we were sinners because God's love is unconditional. It is a free gift. His blessings, however, are conditional. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. There's a because there. I will greatly protect you because you love me, delighted me, have been loyal to my name. And so there's three things, three hints, three prescriptive items that we can learn from in this descriptive psalm. Number one, because you loved me. This one has to do with our hearts with our heart posture. This is first and foremost about how we love God, right? And how do I show love to God? Well, how do you show love to a friend or a spouse, right? Spending time together, giving gifts to each other, celebrating the big days together, thanking each other, confiding in each other. These are all things you can do with God. 
of spending time together with God looks like reading the word, also as Darius Daniel says, not just to finish, but to feed. We're not just reading the word to finish, to check off the box, to say, okay, I read my Bible today and put it back on the shelf, but to feed from it. We're looking for spiritual food every day. Just as you feed your physical body, you have to feed your spiritual body with the word. We're reading it, not just to finish, but to feed. We read it to study it. We read it to learn what God is like, who he is, to look for Jesus on every page. Looking for the pattern of the gospel all throughout the word, not just in the gospels. It's spending time together looks like talking to each other, pouring out our hearts to God, all the emotions, the fears, the anger, the pain, the joy, whatever the psalm psalmists wrote about is okay for you to express to God too. It normalizes our emotions, our thoughts, our fears. Talk to him. God wants you to talk to him, to be honest with him. We, we whisper to him often. We talk to him in the car and in the shower while you're washing dis- dishes before drifting off to sleep when you wake up in the morning. We involve him in everything. We're always aware of his presence everywhere. Spend time with him. We talk to him. What does giving gifts to God look like? There isn't a thing that he created that he needs, right? But his children need things. The church, the the mission and organization that he created to bring his gospel to the world needs things. We care for people. That's how we give gifts to God care for each other. Be willing to part with anything and everything if he says the word. Understanding that our blessings, our abundance, our overflow isn't just for you. God gives you more than enough so that you can bless others too. Aaron's really good at this. Always giving gifts to people listening to the Holy Spirit. He has been known to give away a guitar in Ethiopia. (laughs) He shook his head. Still sad about that one. Or a bike or something that he loves and and is really proud of. There have been many times when the Holy Spirit whispered to him, give it. And he gave it. (laughs) Giving to complete and total strangers, sometimes to, to family members. He's generous with things and God is generous to him as well. That's how we love God with our giving. What does celebrating big days look like with God? What's your salvation date? What's the anniversary of your baptism? Look back over the months and the years. How have you changed? How far have you come with him? We were talking this week in home group and we're going around the circle. How have you changed? How do you live differently now that you're a Christian? And, and somebody around the circle started talking and she kept talking. And by the end of it, she was like, oh my goodness, I, I didn't realize how much Jesus has actually done. It's amazing when you think about it like this, how much Jesus has done. And I didn't even ask him to do it. But I'm different now. Jesus did that. Completely changed my life because you loved me. We have to get good at loving God with our whole hearts. It's not partitioning off. This part of my heart is for this. And my spouse relationship is over here. And the relationship with my kids are over here. And the relationship with God is way over here somewhere. 
It's all of it. Our whole hearts submitted to the Lordship of Christ, understanding who God is and loving him to the degree that we understand it. The second thing is, because you have delighted in me. This one has to do with our thoughts. Because you have delighted in me, where we're choosing to place our thoughts, where we're choosing to be grateful and choosing not to whine about things or complain that things aren't the way you wish they would be, but knowing we are in control of what we think about, where we place our thoughts. We talked about this a lot in this series. We can actively choose to delight in God. Actively choose to delight that the sun is shining on our faces today, that we know that is the goodness of God. We can actively choose to delight Him when the rain falls, knowing that it is God's provision for us. We can actively choose where to put our thoughts. Worship is a discipline of this. Disciplining ourselves to think about who He is, not just how it affects us, but who He is, His character, the names of God. This particular psalm that we read today calls him Shaddai. It's a name of God, meaning the overpowerer or the almighty one. What does that mean? Right? Worship is thinking about that, how it applies to our lives. How God is amazing and big and good. Fasting is also a discipline of this. If you're struggling with self-control in any particular area, fast. You're disciplining your thoughts. You're choosing to put your spiritual well-being above your physical well-being. You're turning down the volume on the things that this physical body craves, which is a lot of things. It needs a lot of things that aren't necessarily good for it, right? But we can make it obedient to our spirit person. We can make it obedient to Jesus. I can choose to look around my house and see dirty dishes and a pile of laundry and has overwhelming burdens that I have to handle. Or I can choose to look around my house and see that God has given me a family and they are well fed. That's why we have dirty dishes in the sink and they are clothed. That's why we have laundry, right? I can choose to see them as blessings. I don't have to make food and have to wash dishes and have to do the 100th load of laundry. I get to. They are blessings in my life. In the same way, we can delight in the Lord, choosing to see what he's doing in our life as blessings, harness the power of our own thoughts to move in the right direction. Choose today to think on good things, to thank God for good things with your whole mind, your whole heart, and your whole mind. And the third little hint this psalm gives us is because you have been loyal to my name. You have been loyal to my name. This one has to do with our behavior, our actions, the way that we are representing God. And we cannot know God's full character, right? The Bible is clear on that. We cannot know every single thing there is to know about God because his ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts so much higher than our thoughts. It says, great is the Lord and his greatness to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. It's so much larger than what we can ever fully comprehend, but we can know his name. 
We can know the pieces of his character that he reveals to us. We can know who he says that he is. We can know that from the word. He reveals certain aspects of his character to us when we need to know it. Now, over the course of Israel's history, God gave them different names when they needed to know different names for him. He revealed more and more of his character to his people when they needed to know it, not before. He will reveal his character to us. Sort of like a parent with a kid, right? Anybody that has ever had a three-year-old knows how many questions a three-year-old has. Four years old, whoo, okay? But they don't need to know all those answers. How are babies made? You answer truthfully, but in a way that a three-year-old can handle it. They don't need to know the whole truth just yet. (laughs) Don't lie, but they don't need to know the whole whole truth just yet. You answer in an age-appropriate way that they can handle, right? Sometimes God reveals his character to us in pieces as we're ready for it and as we search for it. We can know his name. He is knowable. He wants to be known by you. To do that, you have to know the word, meaning you have to be obedient and study the word. Pray to God. Have conversations with him. Fast and and humble yourself. Be in soul friendship with one another. Serve one another. Give to one another. Tithe. You have to be obedient. This is being loyal to his name. Not just what people say about who God is. Because we can catch some theology that isn't helpful. What people say about who God is. But who does God say that he is? Thank you. 
did so many things along the way that they lost the spirit of the law in it and ended up imposing religion down people's throats that had more to do with their own power and position than it did with God or caring for his people. Spiritual abuse. That's why Jesus threw tables across the temple. Spiritual abuse. You can't misrepresent the name of God and expect the blessings of God. He removes his hand of protection. Sooner or later, he will put a stop to the evil. Be loyal to his name. Be loyal to his spirit. Doesn't mean you have to do everything correctly or be perfect. My mistakes are covered under grace. We all fail and fall short of the glory of God, but you can be loyal to his name and fail. It's called humility. Admitting you don't have all the answers, but you know who does. Admitting you don't have to know all the answers because you know who does. It's called repentance. Coming full circle. Humility. And this, all of this sort of comes full circle in this series for me. We've been talking about our, our thoughts this whole month. Having the right answers. Filling your mind with good things. Taking the bad things captive. But I think this is really a big theme and strength of the book of Psalms. You don't have to know all the answers. There's a freedom in that. You don't have to know all the answers because he does. All those psalms that, that are portraying a, a betrayal feeling or is God silent or has he abandoned us to forget about his love for us, they all come into obedience at the end. You don't have to know all the answers because he does. Watched over this past year, I have watched Christians and non Christians alike walk through depression and anxiety and fear in this past year. The Christian has an edge, the Christian is already light years, leap years ahead of the non Christian because they have something to fall back on, they have a, a in their life already. They're not trying to rebuild the whole wheel. They have it right here. And they don't have to know all of the answers because they know who does. Because, because we live in the shadow of Shaddai, we don't need to know all the answers. He does. Because we live in the shelter of the Almighty, we don't have to fear. us and the stronghold to shelter us. Psalm 91, he will rescue us from every hidden trap of the enemy and he will protect us from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around us, protecting us. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never have to worry about an attack from demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. We don't have to fear a thing. We can be loyal to his name because it is the only name. 
the only name the enemy flees from. The only name fear must bow to. The only name we can unite under. Jesus came to give you freedom. All you have to do is love him with your whole heart. Delight in him with your whole mind. Be loyal to his name with your behavior. And we have the Holy Spirit to guide us along the way. I don't want a less than full salvation. I don't want to do this partway, halfway. I don't want to settle for less than all of what God has for me. He wants to give you a full life. He wants you to enjoy the fullness of your salvation. i got to get my mind right. I'm going to use the word, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pour God into my soul and watch the fruit, the life, the flowers, the goodness come out of that, the beauty. Just sit back and watch. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to hide. You don't have to jump through all the religious hoops. You just be obedient and watch him work. You don't need to live with a less than full salvation. You don't need to live in fear. God wants you 100% saved from death. He wants you 100% saved from despair. 100% saved from loneliness and depression and anxiety and fear and pain and, and anguish. This life is full of all of that. And one day, we'll be completely delivered and at one with God. But what he's saying here is you can have some of that today, too. You can live pretty close to that today, too. Not that it's a magic pill and all the bad will be immediately erased, but there is a fullness of salvation that God wants for you. You don't have to compartmentalize your life. The God box over here and the work box here and the family box here or, or compartmentalize your mind. The fear is over here. The doubt's here and God is over there. I have to hide my anger from him. I have to hide these strong emotions I'm ashamed of. Fullness of salvation. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This book normalizes those emotions. Express them to God. Christianity is a lifestyle. Not something you pick and choose from. It's completely overtaking. That's the power of it. You bring everything under the Lordship of Christ. Everything into obedience with what this book says. And as we surrender our whole hearts, our whole minds, and our whole soul to him, he'll give us life and life abundantly. Truly be able to enjoy the fullness of his salvation. Father, today we ask you for that. We just boldly ask you that we would be able to step into all that you have for us, that you would help us see our purposes in life, that you would empower us to go into the world and preach the good news, not the judgmental news, the bad news, the you're going to burn in hell kind of news, but the good news that there is salvation from all of it, that we can live at one with God today. We can have peace that passes all 
full understanding. We can have joy in the midst of the storm, not in the absence of it, in the midst of it, that you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You restore our souls. You lead us beside quiet waters. You give rest to the weary. Your religion is easy. Your burden is, is light. God, help us get our minds right. I am just boldly today asking for mental health would be renewed, refreshed, transformed by the power of the word. That you would breathe joy into our minds today. We would not be trapped by the enemy. We wouldn't let fear control us anymore. We wouldn't let doubt hold us back. He would just infuse us with faith. God is who he says he is. That he's going to do what he says he's going to do in our lives and through our lives. God is real. God is good. And he loves us so much. He sent his son. Heads bowed and eyes still closed. I don't want to rush what God's going to do today. At this moment, at the end of this series, we've been talking about our thoughts minds this whole series I, I all I want for you the end of this series is a sound mind right that God doesn't bring a spirit of fear but a power love and a sound mind and so we're gonna boldly ask for grace in that today but I'm gonna ask the prayer team to come come be available at the front right now make your way forward I'm gonna ask them to just pray right now to intercede for you to pray for a sound mind and I'm not talking you're crazy right? you respond to this today you come up and ask for prayer it's, you're not saying I'm crazy and I need help you're just saying maybe I, I'm worried I've let worry control me more than, than I'd like or, or I'm, I'm anxious a lot be anxious all the time anymore or I'm, I'm fearful I'm depressed I, I'm in a funk I don't know how to get out of it I, I know I'm more sad than I should be I'm more lonely than I should be I've been isolated I, I need to get out of my own head maybe it's just an, a negative loop of self-talk that you've been allowing to have too much volume in your mind just saying I want to ask God for help. I want to invite him into my mess, into the chaos of my thoughts, my mind. I want to give it all to Jesus. I want to give it all to Jesus. There is freedom in Jesus. So much freedom. And there is power in the Holy Spirit. Maybe today you're saying, I don't know if I can do this by myself. I, I can't dig myself out of this hole myself. But the Holy Spirit came to empower you, to give you that power, love, and self-control, a sound mind. He came to bring clarity and hope. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit today. The campers, the youth did it this week at camp. 
but you can have that today. You need it today to be all that God has for you, to be a, a amazing parent, right? to be a leader in your home, to be a leader at work, to set the tone everywhere in your life. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Come, get your questions answered, get prayed over that God would just fall powerfully in your life. We're going to sing a song together today to end out this series. We're going to declare fear doesn't have a hold on me anymore. Fear is not in control. We're going to declare that our thoughts are coming under the lordship of Jesus Christ, that we are free, whole in his presence. We're going to pray together. We're going to sing together. Would you all stand with me today?
Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. 